God's love for you is at the top of his priority list. If it wasn't, he would never have died in your place. He is zealous for you. He is passionate about you. And while that is true, in Isaiah 48, 9 through 11, we see God placing even higher emphasis upon himself, his name, his praise, his glory. This is why God is so angry over our sin. This is why he hates our worship of King Me. This is why he speaks out so forcefully against any and every form of idolatry. Well, welcome to the Point of Purity podcast, a weekly study filled to the brim with all the tools from Scripture you will ever need to build a lasting life of biblical purity. Well, I'm your host, Steve Etner, author, national speaker, and purity coach for the Pure Man Ministry, and this is episode 116 entitled, God Always Gets Top Billing. Well, before we move on to our next verse in Psalm 25, I want to share one more passage of Scripture with you as it relates to God's namesake, which was our topic in last week's episode. This text I want to share with you is a powerful one that helps us better understand what David's praying in Psalm 25:11. You see, God says in Isaiah 48, verses 9 through 11, For my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. How should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another, Isaiah 48, 9 through 11. Now, I want you to notice in this text that God refers to his namesake, his praise, his glory. I submit this is highly significant. Let me, let me take the time right now and quote it to you once more. And as you listen, I want you to notice that God is passionately committed to his glory. Here's the text again. For my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake I do this. How should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. Isaiah 48, 9 through 11. Are you catching the fact that God is always and ever all about His glory? (laughs) Not yours, not mine, His always his. In Isaiah 42, verse 8, he says, I am the Lord. That is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols. Now, I'm sure that you're able to fundamentally grasp this truth, but we also struggle with it, don't we? We know that God is all about his glory. But let's face it, we tend to focus our attention on the basic truth that God's love for us is his highest priority, right? I mean, after all, John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5.8 tells us that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. John 15, 13, Jesus himself said, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And that's what Jesus did for us. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. 
1 John chapter 4, verses 9 and 10 says this, In this, the love of God was revealed amongst us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. So yes, God's love for you, God's love for me, is at the top of his priority list. If it wasn't, he would never have died in your place. He is zealous for us. He is passionate about us. And while that is true, what we're seeing this uh, this episode in Isaiah 48, verses 9 through 11, is God is placing an even higher emphasis upon himself, his name, his praise, his glory. This is why God is so angry over our sin. This is why he hates our worship of King Me. This is why he speaks out so forcefully in Scripture against any and every form of idolatry, any and every form of self-worship. In Psalm 8, verse 1, the psalmist declares, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. In Psalm 108, verse 5, the psalmist says, Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. God's glory is the most important thing to him. This is why the angels in heaven are constantly crying out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory, Isaiah 6, 3. David prayed in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 11, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. You are exalted as head above all. God's zeal, God's passion for his glory directly relates to his love for you. How, you ask? Listen closely as I quote Isaiah 48, verses 9 through 11 again. Now, this time as I quote it, focus your attention on what I'm going to try to overemphasize in this verse. For my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I restrain it for you, that I may not cut you off. Behold, I have refined you but not as silver. I have tried you in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, for my own sake, I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another. Isaiah 48, 9 through 11. Now, here's what I want you to notice. God defers his anger. He restrains it. He chooses to not cut us off. Rather, in his unfathomable, incomprehensible love, he is refining you. He is trying you, as opposed to consuming you and destroying you, which, by the way, is his right. This is how he expresses that amazing patience, that awesome eternal love that he has for us. God's love for you is based upon his commitment to his name. His love for you is based upon his commitment to his praise and his glory. 
not upon anything that you or I can do or ever become. We see this evidence in the words, for my name's sake, I defer my anger. For the sake of my praise, I am restraining myself from cutting you off. For my own glory, I'm doing these things. I mean, as as you hear God speak those words, can you hear the expression of God's awesome, unconditional love for you? You see, it is because of who he is that he has chosen to redeem you. It is solely because of his name, his praise, his glory, that he has chosen to love you unconditionally. However, don't let his love for you blind you to the fact that he is very angry at your sin. Not at you, but at your sin. Equally true is the fact that he has deferred that anger. He is angry at your idolatry, at your worship of King Me, at your rebellion, your turning your back against him, but he has restrained himself from cutting you off. Why? Because he loves you. But why is he angry? I want to submit that he's angry because you still have the dross of sin in your life. You see, Scripture often refers to our sinful impurities as dross, D-R-O-S-S, dross. For example, Proverbs 25, verse 4, Isaiah 1, verse 25, Ezekiel 22, verses 18 and 19, Psalm 119, verse 119, all uses the term dross. Dross, let's define it this way, dross is the scum, it's the waste, it's the foreign matter, the impurities, the unwanted material that forms on the surface of a precious metal when that metal's going through the refining process. And as that metal is intensely heated, those impurities, that dross, rises to the top where they can then be extracted, which in turn leaves a pure metal base. Now, every time, listen now, watch this, every time you and I choose to worship King Me, we are choosing to violate the sanctity of God's holy name. This is why we need to be refined. When we choose idolatry, when we choose King Me, we treat God with irreverence and contempt. We anger God by choosing not to live as though His name, His praise, and His glory is the highest, the ultimate, the absolute thing above all else. We're saying, no, God, you're wrong. My praise, my glory, my name is better and higher than yours. When we choose to worship King Me, we have chosen to live is if God exists for us instead of the other way around. And that makes God angry. This deserves his wrath and his judgment. Romans 1.18 says, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. By the way, if you'd like to go a little deeper on that, Read the the entire context of Romans chapter 1, verses 18 through 32. But Paul writes in Colossians chapter 3, verse 25, For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done. There is no partiality with God. God's commitment to his name, to his glory, to his praise is restraining. It is holding back. It is deferring the punishment that is due each of us for 
for the demeaning and the disparaging of his name. For his name's sake, he has postponed, he has deferred, he has restrained the anger that is rightfully his to show. Now, here's an important point to take note of. God says in Isaiah 48, verse 9, For my name's sake, I defer my anger. I want to zero in on that word to defer. You see, to defer means to put off an action. To defer means to temporarily set aside for a future date. Are you catching this? Are you understanding this? God is saying that his anger has been deferred. It has been temporarily set aside. It has not yet been completely resolved. In other words, because God is a just God, Isaiah 30, 18, Job 34, 12, Deuteronomy 32, verse 4, God is a just God, therefore his wrath cannot be deferred forever. It cannot be eternally restrained. His justice demands execution. Now, I've got some really, really good news for you. You want to hear it? Here it is. God's anger at your sin, God's anger at my sin, has already been dealt with. The guilt of your sin has already been paid for. God's wrath has already been fully executed. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 says, In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins, to take the place of our sins. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake God made Christ to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. 1 Peter 3.18 says that Christ suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, Christ in your place that he may bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. So you see, God's anger over your sin, God's anger over my sin, was fully expressed at the cross. This is why 1 Thessalonians 1.10 tells us that Jesus delivers us from the wrath to come. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9 tells us that God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So consequently, we can confidently say, Romans 8, 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can I get an amen? For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for our sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in the times past, Romans 3.25. All right, before we wrap up today's episode, let me take a moment and reiterate a very powerful point. Ephesians 1.7 says, In Christ we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Oh, my friend, as you are listening to this episode, let me give you this promise. In fact, let this promise, let this declaration settle deep into your chest. Let it bring you peace. Let it bring you encouragement. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is to the Lord our God that belongs mercy and forgiveness, Daniel 9.9. 9. 
First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful. He is righteous. He will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. Can I get another amen? Well, we're going to hit the pause button here until next week's episode. I look forward to continuing this study with you. But for right now, if you'd like to learn more about today's study, or if you're interested in learning more about the Pure Man Ministry, I personally invite you to visit our website. I want you to look at the multitude of resources we've made available to you to help you grow in your walk with God. Our website is located at the Purity Coach, all one word, thepuritycoach.com. One of the resources I'd like to very quickly highlight for you is a book I've written entitled Removing the I, the letter I, from Life, the Dethroning of King Me. It's available on Amazon.com. Let me summarize it for you this way. Life gets messed up when King Me is sitting on the throne of your heart. You know I'm right. To become the man or the woman who is living a life that consistently honors God in all that you say, in all that you do, It starts by removing the I from life. It's not about you. It's not about me. It never was. It never will be. God always gets top billing. Always. Well, in this interactive Bible study, removing the I from life examines questions such as, why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do? Can you relate to that? Why can't I gain victory over the sinful issues in my life? Again, can you relate? Why can't I be consistent in living a life that glorifies God? How do I live a life that is fully surrendered to God? Well, the answer to these questions and many more are not just asked, but answered in this book, Removing the Eye from Life. We take you through the scriptures to show you verses and and help you unpack God's truth from God's word so that you can understand how to apply it to your life by getting King Me off the throne. So if real change, lasting change is going to happen in your life, let's face it, you need a different leader sitting behind the big desk in the Oval Office of your heart. Whoever's reigning in your heart will call the shots in your life. That's why we must choose to remove the I, King Me, from life and allow God to take his rightful place. So if that interests you at all, be sure to go to our website, thepuritycoach.com, and check out our resources page, or go directly to amazon.com and purchase your copy of Removing the I, the letter I, from life, the dethroning of King Me. Well, if you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please, and let me, let me encourage you to do so today. I don't want you to miss any of our upcoming episodes. And until next time, this is author, speaker, and purity coach Steve Etner reminding you that if you're going to glorify God in your everyday living, he must first be glorified in your every moment thinking.